I hardly have to say anything now. <laughs> my mother and my pastor. I'll have to skip some of my formalities here in the beginning, I guess. Happy New Year. Welcome to church. I'm so glad so many of you came out this morning. Uh, so, fasting. <laughs> I've, done, uh, I've done fasting a few times in my life. Uh, and it's not as daunting as you may think if you've never done it before. Uh, so I'm just going to jump right in. Actually, no, I do want to ask this. Any uh, people give up on their New Year's resolutions already? <laughs> yeah? Well, you can just start again. It's okay. <laughs> There's lots of grace. I really don't have, uh, I didn't make one up this year. Uh, my goal is just to uh, draw near to the Lord. Uh, so hopefully I can do that. <laughs> um, as Pastor said, that we uh, we like to kick off uh, our years, our new seasons with uh, with prayer. Uh, we usually do it in January and September, um, and this year we want to do fasting as well, just to uh, amplify our prayer time uh, and our plea to God. I'm really excited. Uh, for the next 21 days. Uh, if you're vegan, you don't really have to worry about it because Daniel Fast is basically vegan. Uh, so you have to, if you're vegan, you should think of something else, all right? Because uh, <laughs> you're not really doing much except for praying. Um, I'm, I've been wrapping my head around the food list uh, for the last little while. Uh, my doctor told me I need to eat more healthy. Uh, so lately, I have been uh, eating a lot of the stuff that's on that list. So like curried lentil soup is, is going to be joy for me. Uh, it's going to be, and like flatbreads, awesome. Whole grain, woohoo! The bad thing is going to be the caffeine uh, <laughs> deprivation. <laughs> Lord, help us all. Come tomorrow in Jesus' name. <laughs> I jumped, uh, I jumped into fasting at uh, first in Bible college. Uh, we had a course, I think it was called Spiritual Life and Discipleship. Uh, we read a book on fasting, and we all fasted for like a week. Uh, and it was just food uh, that we fasted from, so we drank water. Uh, and it was, uh, it was really, what's the word? Um... I would say invigorating to my spiritual development. Uh, so that's one of the things that I'm, I'm encouraged about uh, with doing this and, and seeing what God does uh, with us corporately. Amen? Woohoo! Okay. Blah, 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 blah. So for me, uh, throughout my life, or well, throughout since Bible college to now, uh, I fasted a, f a number of times, never 21 days. It's never been uh, one for me. It's either been one to seven days, uh, normally one to three days, to be honest. And it's never been uh, without water. It's always just been about food, partial fast, or uh, all food. Uh, and like I said, the one thing that is going to be the hard part is the headache that comes on day two and three because your body's fighting away your caffeine addiction. 
and the rest of the toxins from the food that we eat. In preparation uh, for this teaching uh, and for my year, uh, I fasted uh, on January 1st for the whole day. Uh, I didn't eat anything. I just drank water and lots of water. Um, and I want, just want to share a testimony. Actually, it was 33 hours to the point coffee touched my lips the next morning. Uh, and I can tell you that the first day is super easy. Pastor Jason, don't worry. It's day two that's going to get you. <laughs> when you're, you get that headache uh, and <laughs> uh, it just sucks the life from you when you get agitated and you're short-tempered and you don't want to talk to anybody, you just want to get in the fetal position in your bed. That's the tough one. But we'll get past it in Jesus' name. I've never done fasting corporately except for that one week uh, with my uh, peers at school. So I'm excited to see what God does. Uh, corporate fasting is... Uh, um, uh, common in a narrative of scripture, especially in the Old Testament. Um, just so you know, I'm going to talk more about that. So I want to talk about, I'm just going to share a little testimony just from this, uh, the start of my year. Uh, a couple hours into my fast, uh, the Lord told me that I uh, have made, I have idolized food in my life. Uh, it's taken away, uh, how did I word it here? It's further down. I went too far. It has taken away my thoughts from the Lord. Uh, I think you know, I know many of you are thinking about what we're going to have for lunch already. Uh, um, it's it's distracts us uh, from the Lord. Sometimes it's that's the common narrative it, through Scripture. Uh, food is always a distraction from the Lord, um, except His body, uh, except for the bread and wine. Um, and it would be a weird thing to say that food uh, is a bondage maker in the life of a Christian and the life of God's people, but it's true. And you can see that if you read the narrative through Scripture. It's a pattern. Uh, and it's been that way since the beginning. I mean, what would humanity be like if Eve just fasted from fruit uh, for a day? That's a joke, people, all right? You can laugh. Uh, but food is an issue. Especially in North America where food is in excess and we're made to eat it in excess. I don't know if you've been to a restaurant lately, but their portion sizes are daunting. Uh, you want to finish it all because you paid so much for it. But then afterwards you're like, why did I do that? And then we have these all-you-can-eat places where we just gorge ourselves and then we lay in the fetal position in bed and, and that's our life. <laughs> So the Lord spoke to me directly a couple hours in. He just gave me that revelation in my mind. And, uh, and I'm going to go with it and try to fix it. I've been called what's known as a foodie. F-O-O-D-I-E. 
Uh, I like food. I like to eat food. I like good food. I don't like bad food. Uh, I like food that looks good and tastes good. Uh, I'm not very picky about it unless it doesn't look appetizing. Uh, I like it if it's good and it's appealing to my eyes. And uh, that's exactly the way Eve thought in, in the garden. She said that the tree uh, was, good for food, uh, was good for fruit and it looked uh, delightful and she desired it. Uh, and because of that, uh, we fell away from God. So one thing that comes from fasting is God speaks to you. He gave me a fresh vision uh, about my life. He brought something out that I didn't really think about uh, that was wrong with my life, and he's going to do the same for you as we continue in this 21 days. Uh, and that's breakthrough, spiritual breakthrough. Okay. I said that. I'm just out of order now. So be encouraged as we do this Daniel fast. It's not as bad as it seems. You'll survive. Uh, so let's get into this. I got some factoids about scripture, about uh, what scripture says about fasting. Uh, in scripture, it's done corporately and privately. Uh, and if you're doing it privately, uh, only let those who are directly involved in your life know about it. Uh, like your spouse, your kids, your family, your doctor, your pastor, uh, your doctor especially if you're doing a long fast, like a 40-day fast. Um, because Jesus warns us that if you boast about your fast, that alone will be your reward. He talks about that uh, in the Beatitudes. It has to do with depriving yourself from food or water or both, uh, either fully or partially. Nowadays, we can... Uh, fast away, like Pastor Jay said, from TV, from social media, uh, when we realize that it's become uh, our priority is, you know, TV over God and stuff like that, we should take time to remove those from our lives for a time and focus more on God. But the, um, the key is to have that spiritual purpose. Otherwise, you're just doing things that the, the rest of the world does. Um, you're just dieting. You're just, you know not watching TV because it's taking up too much time away from your kids. Like other people who aren't saved think like that. Uh, so there has to be a spiritual purpose. You have to have a spiritual goal. If you're not uh, placing time for reading the scripture and praying in the times where you would be watching TV or on social media, you're not doing it right. You're, you're meant to, uh, fasting and praying are meant to go together uh, as, as well as reading scripture. Uh, it usually takes place from 1 to 40 days, uh, depending on how the Spirit leads. Uh, in Scripture, the durations range from 3 days, 7 days, 14 days, 21 days, 40 days. And there's also references to half days from sunup to sundown uh, and 24-hour fasts. So, for example, Joshua fasted for 40 days. Um, Daniel fasted 21 days. Paul fasted for 3 days. And later on, he fasted 14 days. Uh, Peter fasted three days, and Jesus fasted 40 days without food. And every time that fasting and prayer has happened, miracles have taken place. All right? Every time. 
The purpose of fast differ from the circumstances of the people. They were all done for spiritual purpose and bore great fruit in the lives of the individuals and groups that partook in the fast. So it's going to be good, folks. We're going to see breakthrough. We're going to see God. Amen? That's something you should amen about. <laughs> uh, this book, uh, Pastor Jason had in his uh, bookshelf. I grabbed it. Uh, and uh, it's written by a man named uh, Jensen. Is it Jensen or Jensen? Jensen? Jensen Franklin. He spells it weird. Uh, Jensen Franklin, he's a pastor down in Georgia. Uh, he has a big church, and they fast all the time uh, every year. They do the Daniel fast to kick off the year. Uh, and this is a wonderful book to read if you want more information about fasting. He hits everything, uh, and he's very, uh, he has great wisdom about it. You can buy it on Amazon uh, for $17. He has an audio book that he reads. Uh, it's very good. I suggest you read it. Um, uh, he starts off this book saying that as Christians... Uh, we have, there's three duties uh, that every Christian should be doing, which are giving, praying, and fasting. And he takes that up from uh, Matthew chapter 4. Jesus says that in his uh, Sermon on the Mount. Um, he says that when we give, when we pray, and when we fast, uh, Jesus makes it clear that fasting is a normal part of the Christian life. It's as normal as giving and as praying. It goes hand in hand. Uh, and it's very, very important uh, for us to do that. In the book of Ecclesiastes 4.12, we read that uh, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Likewise, when giving prayer and fasting are practiced together in the life of the believer, it creates a kind of threefold cord. Threefold cord, say that fast. Uh, that is not easily broken. And Jesus takes it even further that says when we practice spiritual disciplines, there is nothing that is impossible for us. That's good news? Amen. Uh, in my little testimony, I said that uh, food has been a problem for humanity in general. And it's been especially a problem for God's children as we read from Genesis through Revelation, it's everywhere. Uh, fasting is everywhere. Refraining from food is everywhere. Uh, it is a common medium, uh, medium that Jesus uses as he speaks to us. And why wouldn't it be? Uh, we need food and drink for our bodies to survive. Jesus created us. He knows uh, how our bodies work. Uh, and he knows it from experience himself. So let's look at some, uh, some scripture. Uh, y'all know the story, y'all. <laughs> know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? The city that God destroys for their sin. Uh, and when we think about, uh, Jensen says that when we think about uh, this, uh, this narrative, we always tend to focus on the rampant homosexuality that's happening. We think that's the sin that Jesus is destroying but the scripture tells us uh, differently in the book of Ezekiel, uh, chapter 16. It says, look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom and her daughter Gomorrah. Uh, she and her daughter had pride 
fullness of food and abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen her hand to the poor and needy, uh, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. So what you should notice uh, is that there was no giving to the poor and needy. There was no praying. They were prideful, uh, and there was idleness. Usually when Scripture references idleness, it's talking about lack of praying. It's not talking about just sitting around uh, and not doing anything. If, you sh- if you're sitting around doing nothing, you should be praying, uh, basically is what it says. Uh, but it's interesting to note that the inhabitants of those cities were not only guilty of homosexuality, as, as we read in the Genesis account, uh, but we see that they're also guilty of gluttony, the fullness of food. They ate themselves out of the will of God for their lives. Uh, let's look at what happened to Esau. He, uh, Esau, the son of Isaac, brother to Jacob, he sold his birthright and blessing for a bowl of soup. When Moses led the Israelites into the desert, God provided manna from heaven and water from rocks. They had everything they need. God provided for them. Yet they still complained and remembered the fish, fruit, and vegetables uh, that they had when they were in bondage in Egypt. So God gave them quail from heaven, and they ate, and they ate, and they ate, and they ate until they died. Matthew Henry, who's uh, a popular commentary uh, writer, says that those who are under the power of a carnal mind will have their lusts fulfilled, uh, though it be to certain damage and ruin of their precious souls. Franklin says in his book that there are, uh, promised, uh, there are some promised lands and promises that God has for you. Some of them will never be realized as long as King Stomach rules your appetite and controls your life. God had supernatural blessing to pour out on the Israelites in the wilderness, but because of their carnal appetites, uh, they didn't receive it. And likewise, God has spiritual blessings for you uh, in our lives, and some of them will never be realized until we seek God in fasting and prayer. Fasting is never convenient, ever. God knows it. It's no fun. If you like to eat food, uh, good food, (laughs) it's no fun. Uh, If you like, you know, venison, sorry. Like, come on. Come on. Uh, It's not easy. It's not meant to be easy. It's meant to be a sacrifice. Uh, And it always has to have a spiritual purpose. Uh, to give up human life essentials and to devote yourselves through prayer and reading of scripture uh, we are meant to draw closer to God Uh, in a commentary I read that uh, I referenced somewhere but now I can't remember why Uh, Job 23 12 says that uh, Job uh, replies a question. He says, I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. 
I have treasured the words of his mouth more than, than this, more than my necessary food. So Job, uh, in scripture, he didn't have a Bible like we do. Uh, if anything uh, he had that was inspired by God, it might have been like the first book of Moses, but he probably never read anything. Uh, he's just taking what God uh, spoke to him directly. And he's placed it in his heart deep like a treasure. And, uh, and he hid it away and protected it and kept ringing it through his mind. He kept going back to, uh, to the word of God that was spoken over him uh, over and over. In his time, it was common to uh, hide your grain and your food away so that people who were wandering by or thieves couldn't get it because food was precious. Uh, it's not like here we can go to the grocery store. They couldn't do that. They had to work for it, uh, and they worked, and their, uh, what the produce that they got from it, the harvest, was probably small at times. Uh, so they really had to protect it or else they would die. And more than this, Job hides uh, the words of uh, God uh, in his heart to be treasured. And we should do the same thing. Uh, part of fasting is seeking God in his word, which is the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Anybody ever have uh, like a red letter Bible? The whole thing should be read, okay? From start to finish, Genesis to Revelation, it's the word of God. Not just uh, the words that Jesus spoke in his ministry. He spoke every word of this book, okay? That's just a nugget for you guys. Any Bible-believing Christians in the house? <laughs> Ooh, quiet. I understand we're talking about no food. I understand. We need to... Uh, I remember growing up, uh, and we'd have preachers come by, or, you know, a youth pastor say, like, we need to take this off the pedestal and... And read it, and then never anyone ever take heard that take it off the pedestal because we never they never we never read the Bible right because we were too afraid of it, and they were like, no, you need to read it, and then we read it, and then we put it back on the shelf, but we put it down here, and then we forgot about it. Uh, we need to put this book back up on a pedestal. It's very 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 important to us, uh, and we should take care to read it and treasure it. Uh, as best we can. We should also seek God in prayer, either meditating uh, of scripture, being silent, waiting for the Lord to speak, uh, or through verbal intercession. The Holy Spirit will lead you where you need to go as you yield to him. Uh, that's the whole part of fasting, yielding to God, yielding to the Holy Spirit. That's why we read the Bible to yield to the Holy Spirit's teaching. That's why we pray, to yield to the wisdom of God, uh, to build relationship to him, saying that he knows better than us. Uh, I also suggest that you do it in that order. So um, fasting first, obviously, and that's, just so you know, fasting in scripture is like a continual prayer uh, to God, as long as you have a spiritual purpose. 
so fasting, then read the scripture, uh, wherever the Lord uh, takes you, be silent, allow him to speak to you, and then you can verbally respond. Uh, silence can <laughs> could last for hours. Uh, he might not speak to you for a while, and you should just continue on. That's the whole point of this, to be before God uh, until he speaks to you and shows you uh, what you need to do. Amen? Amen. Anybody like praying? Anyone like being before God? <laughs> I do. It can be one day, several days, no food, some food. The details really don't matter as long as the heart of worship uh, he desires is there, okay? When we humble ourselves to God in this way, he likes it, and he responds. He says he likes it, so we should do it, because that's the best way for you to hear from God. Uh, make sure you have a purpose for your fast. Why are you doing it? Why are you doing it, Pastor Jason? <laughs> Uh, Trisha asked me, I didn't really have an answer. My go-to answer is to spend time more with God. Uh, but that's a good enough reason. Fasting is continual. Uh, sorry. Fasting is continual prayer when it's done on purpose. Fasting keeps us sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, enabling us to live holy. When we present ourselves in this manner, you open yourself up to hear from God. Uh, in the book of Acts, uh, Paul fasts when uh, Jesus knocks him off his horse and blinds him for three days. Paul doesn't eat food or drink water. Uh, and he prays. And, uh, and the Lord reveals to him in that time his purpose through life, for his life. And... Because of that, uh, the word of God spread throughout the world. Paul's influence through, uh, in Christianity is just overwhelming. We wouldn't be where we are without him, without his uh, dedication to the Lord. Uh, we wouldn't be as far off as we are. And the same with Peter. Peter fasted. Uh, he went up to a room, and he, he prayed, and he became hungry, and he told people, he's like, I'm hungry up here. Uh, and they were going to make him some food. And while he was waiting, uh, he was put into a trance. And uh, the Lord gave him the revelation to preach to the Gentiles. Again, without fasting, uh, you and me and everyone else who is not a Jew uh, <laughs> would be secluded away from the faith. Uh, fasting works, and it's good. Fasting prepares the way for God to give you fresh revelation, fresh vision, and a clear purpose. Look at John the Baptist. He fasted from all food except locusts dipped in honey. He had like little locust chicken nuggets and dipped it in the honey. And that's all he ate. And he prepared the way for the Lord. God likes it when we seek him through fasting. Let's look at some more scripture. There's tons. Uh, when Daniel fasted, God made uh, him stronger than the king's men who had all the choice food. So in the scenario here, uh, Nebuchadnezzar fed his army the best food that they could get to make them strong. And Daniel's like, well, I can eat nothing, and the Lord would still make me stronger than them. So that's why he fasted. 
uh, for these days just to prove that point. Uh, Daniel also had three friends here uh, named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They also fasted. After the fast, they were thrown into a fiery furnace and walked out hand in hand with Jesus. Fasting matters. Job fasted and prayed for three days in the belly of a fish. God showed him mercy, and he brought the word of the Lord uh, to the what, Ninevites. Moses fasted 40 days at Mount Sinai on two different occasions, once when he was receiving the Ten Commandments uh, and once interceding for the sins of his people. Esther fasted with all the Jews so that the king would not kill them all. Uh, their plea was answered, and they were established uh, highly afterwards. Bonus blessings. The Israelites fasted before battles. I talked about those uh, sunrise to sunset fasts. Okay? They did this before battles so that the Lord would win them. So God, And every time they did this, God won the battle for them. The Jews were called to fast on the Day of Atonement. That's written in, uh, in the law. On the Day of Atonement, they should fast. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, and his people faced annihilation. Not knowing what else to do, he called for a fast throughout the land, men, women, and children. Uh, the Lord responded through his prophet and told them that the battle belongs to the Lord. It took one day for God to destroy that army, and it took three days for Judah to carry off the spoils of war. I'm not a, pro a prosperity gospel guy as portrayed on media, but I will not discount what scripture portrays. In the book of Joel, God saw that, uh, that the people were poor and hungry because of a famine. And God said, blow the trumpet and call a fast for the whole assembly. And after the fast, the threshing floor was full of wheat. Their vats were full of oil and overflowing. The people ate of plenty and were satisfied. When fasting and prayer become your lifestyle, poverty won't be. Amen? Amen. It is no... It is noteworthy that the three wisest men in Scripture uh, were also the most wealthiest. Uh, Joseph was forced to fast in prison, so Joseph in his colorful coat, okay, that's who I'm talking about. He was, fast, uh, to for he was forced to fast in prison, which he gladly did, and after he became, this, he, he became second to only Pharaoh and was placed in charge of all of Egypt's money. Solomon humbled himself in fasting and praying, and God greatly increased his wealth and wisdom. Daniel fasted and prayed many, on many occasions while in Babylonian captivity and was given wisdom above all others and greatly prospered in the days of King Darius. And that's just the Old Testament, folks. Let's look at the New Testament. Paul fasted for three days, no food, no water, when he was stricken blind by God at his conversion. It says that in Acts 10 uh, that when Peter went up to pray, uh, he became hungry and he fell asleep in a trance and got the vision to preach to the Gentiles. Anna, who was an 84-year-old prophetess in Luke 2, fasted day and night at the temple. And when Jesus was brought to be dedicated in the temple, she began to thank God that the Redeemer had come. She noticed something because of her sacrifice that others didn't. And now we look at Jesus. Jesus being fully God and fully man means that he lived out a life like ours. He had to be born a baby. 
like us. He had to grow up like us. He had to breathe oxygen like we do. He needed water to drink and food to eat. He needed to sleep. He sweat. He grew tired. He needed rest. He prayed. He read scripture. And he fasted. I remember when I first moved up here uh, and started coming to this church. Uh, and early on, we had uh, a baptism Sunday. And an older lady uh, who was being baptized was asked the question, why are you being baptized? And her response stuck with me uh, for the last, uh, what, 15 years. Uh, she said, Jesus fasted, or Jesus, no, Jesus fasted. Uh, Jesus was baptized, so I should be baptized. Uh, and because she said that, uh, it drew me to my own baptism uh, in Lake Apsi. Uh, I was baptized there. But that answer stuck with me. Um, and it reminded me, and it keeps, and has been keep reminding me over the years, uh, that if Jesus did something, we should also do it. We grew up with those bracelets, those WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do? Those things need to make a comeback. In my opinion, we should get those, Pastor Joe. Just saying. Uh, if we were only wise enough to think that way all the time, if Jesus did it, I should do it too. I mean, isn't that what a disciple is? That's what disciples are. They do what they see the master, they do what they see the teacher doing. Uh, they mimic him to the point where they are him. That's the whole point of our Christian life, to be like Jesus. And we need, we need to be like that in these coming days. Uh, as we get closer and closer to the Lord's return, uh, we will not survive if we don't think that way. Matthew 4 tells us uh, that immediately after Jesus' baptism, uh, he was led into the wilderness for 40 days uh, to be tempted by the devil. And during that 40 days, Jesus ate nothing. It says that when the time was finished, he was hungry. Uh, so this leads us to believe that Jesus drank water while he was in, in the desert. Uh, otherwise, it would say that he was thirsty too. Um, so Jesus didn't eat food for 40 days. Uh, he prayed and he leaned into scripture uh, as his food. Uh, being a food fast also makes sense. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, uh, but there are certain patterns in Scripture. Uh, there's lots of symbolism. Uh, numbers mean a lot. There's specific numbers that are holy. Uh, uh, and there's a lot of symbolism that carries on throughout Scripture. It's just a pattern that you see all the time. Uh, and being a food fast makes sense that he came to correct the mistakes of a garden by eating food. The first thing he did was fast from it. Uh, so he abstains from food to prove that it is good and it's possible for us to do the same. Uh, in the next verse, we see that the first temptation that the devil came at him with was about food, about turning a stone into bread, uh, which is also symbolic because Jesus is the bread of life. Uh, Jesus responds with scripture. Uh, so again, there's a direct correlation with fasting and a response to the word of God. His response is from Deuteronomy, the like 
the one book of the Bible that no one wants to quote. Uh, Jesus quotes from it and says that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that flows from the mouth of God. Can I get the worship team back up? Fasting is everywhere through scripture. There's rarely a story, uh, a passage, a narrative that doesn't have it somewhere. So it's obviously important to God, and it should be important to us. It's interesting to me that the first temptation has to do with bread, and his first miracle has to do with turning water to the wine, both being symbolic of the Last Supper and communion that we just shared together. You should note that wine is also the last thing that Jesus fasts from, and he continues to fast from it now. He said that he won't drink wine until he drinks it with us in God's kingdom. The last thing that Jesus felt on earth was thirst. I have no doubt that some of you have already come up with excuses and compromises that would keep you from fasting. Uh, Well, I'll only do some of these things on the list. Uh, Maybe I'll, I'll just drink coffee instead of Uh, nothing, or I'll do this, or I'll do that, or uh, I'll just do this instead of fasting from food, and and this and that. We could come up with stuff all day long, and I can only ask you uh, to do what the Lord told us to do, and that's just to die to ourselves, take up our cross and follow Jesus in a lifestyle of fasting and praying. Fasting brings us uh, into a deeper, more intimate, and powerful relationship with the Lord. When you eliminate food from your diet for a number of days, your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world and amazingly sensitive to the things of God. I'll say that again. That's our takeaway. Fasting brings one into a deeper, more intimate, and powerful relationship with the Lord. When you eliminate food from your diet for a number of days, your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world and amazingly sensitive to the things of God. Would you stand? Father, we thank you for, uh, for the food that we eat and the water that we drink uh, and everything that you've provided for us. Uh, we thank you for your son that came, uh, that was born a man, uh, died on a cross and was rose again uh, and ascended to heaven. Uh, Father, we want to do what you want us to do. We want to be led by you. Uh, We want to draw near to you. We want to seek you. We know that uh, we can do nothing right in this world apart from you. Uh, We could look and search throughout the world uh, uh, for something lesser than you uh, and be found wanting. Uh, Father, we need you. And we look to you. God, I pray that uh, our congregation uh, would seek you this year more than anything, that they would not compromise uh, 
with your Holy Spirit as he speaks to us, that we would lay down our lives, that we would die to ourselves daily, every day, uh, to seek you and uh, the purposes that you have for our lives. Because they're good. Uh, uh, they're good. Everything that you have for us is good. So God, I pray that we seek you more uh, in Jesus' name this year, that we would uh, be bold, come running to you, uh, that we would look to you in everything that we come up against, whether it be our finances, work, whatever, our, what we're going to eat today, like we should come to you. Uh, you should be part of that conversation. Uh, Father, I just pray that through the next 21 days, uh, as we fast corporately together as a church, that you would do miraculous things in the lives of your people that you would give them fresh revelations through scripture, that you would uh, speak to them uh, in ways that you've never spoken to them before. God, that this would be the start uh, of something new, uh, new in their lives. Uh, that they would come back to their first love for you that we would seek you more than we would seek anything else in this world. Yeah. That we would just come to Jesus this year. Yeah. 